Nobody puts Vanessa in a corner. Oh, good. I referenced <laughs> Oh, the... shit. That was even 10 movies that I referenced that weren't the one that we watched. Hooray, Dave. Dancing Dirty. <laughs> <It's a new laughs> the classic. <laughs> Dancing Dirty, the classic we all have loved and known. <laughs> oh, fuck. Starring Patrick Duffy. <laughs> and Elizabeth Berkeley. <laughs> And I'm John Deck, and each week we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our best in the form of long-loved movies. And I have to jump in right now, before we even let you know details about what we're watching and warn our listeners, there may be a couple bad impressions coming this episode. So take that for what it is, and we can now continue. Yeah, with all that said, this week, do I make you horny, baby? Yeah, do I? That's right. That bad impression <laughs> was Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery from 1997, directed by Jay Roach. One of the more quotable movies we've done, John, right? It's it's kind of an interesting dilemma here because it's a very quotable movie, and it's also very easy to make it horrible when you're trying to quote like it, it's just one of those gray areas where hitting the right accent and getting it done is is something uh, i feel like i'm gonna wait till after we watch the movie to really even make an attempt at um because basically it all just sounds like sean connery to me and i have no idea how to do that kind of impersonation so <laughs> yeah we've, we've never heard a sean connery impression yeah. on this podcast so that would be, so i mean that would, that would be off book for us but but getting back to the movie, yeah, um, of course, very quotable, um, almost overly so, like some movies that just hit. Oh, hit not those... almost. Yeah. I mean, some movies are almost annoyingly quotable, but they're so good and the quotes are so like delicious, you don't mind. But then some movies like this, to me, the quoting of it gets to the point where it almost annoys me more than the existence of the movie benefits me <laughs> oh no th- th- there was a period from like 97 to probably oh 2019 or so when everybody <laughs> wouldn't shut the fuck up and stop you know they wouldn't stop doing the austin powers quotes and like i would have to do dr evil quotes just to sort of counteract it but it was it was still it was almost no not almost it was insufferable for a while but that said, there are at least from my recommend from my recollection, uh, there are a lot of funny moments in this movie and and in the franchise as a whole. And I think that we're we're gonna be in for a treat with you know with that regard. Like there's there's some stuff where it's like a sort of a tired trope. Or a, a, a kind of they they take a joke and they just keep keep playing it out until it's it's well beaten to death like the the five minutes of cutaway puns about dicks uh, it, when when the, the rocket takes off and I think mm-hmm. they do like two of those actually 
uh, or but or, or like twelve, I can't remember. But yeah, like it, it'll be an interesting journey because there will be moments that are a bit overdone, and maybe some moments that are pretty hilarious. It, in some ways, it does remind me a bit of like an extended Saturday Night Live skit. Um, not not you know, even though we've already watched other Mike Myers uh, movies that are tied to Saturday Night Live skits, but um, specifically <laughs> one, yes, yeah. Um, but for this, at the time, I remember enjoying it, and particularly, I can say precisely, like, two scenes that stick out as being incredibly funny to me, and I'm curious now, because it's been a really long time since I've watched the first movie, um, it's been a while since I've watched any of them, um, and so to go back to the, you know, the original in the trilogy, or quadrilogy, or quintilogy, or however many there ended up being, was there a three or four? I can't remember. It was three... There's been a fourth one announced for the longest, but who knows yeah, so, if or when that will happen. So, yeah, so, like, I think a lot of them blend together in my head. Um, different quotes are seen. So it's, like, just to grab the, the original movie, separate it all out, kind of take a, a look and see if it still has pockets of, you know, hilarious fun, or am I just too annoyed to, to get into it? I I just don't know what the answer would be. This is a mystery. This this could flip a coin on this one. Uh, would, be you, interesting. would you say... Th- would you say that it's an international man of mystery? Do, do you want me to go back and change what I said so you can edit it so it sounds clever? I refuse. No, that's no. fine. I want our it's audience fine. to I, know. I'll go every... back. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go back through all of our episodes and I'll cut it together and it'll be like international uh, man of mystery. I've probably said all those words before. That's you probably a good have. One. In fact, you could... If you worked really hard, you could probably put together one full episode where I'm like really hilarious and clever for a straight 45 minutes. We have a lot of material to work with. It would take a lot of editing, we but do. I'm just saying. Oh, you know, this is actually pretty good. I think if we end up like doing, you know, watching like maybe a classic Frankenstein, except you watch it or like we whether we watched it or not, no, that's it. You'd have to watch it and then you'd piece together. Our entire commentary Literally on Frankenstein. It. Yeah, the all the together. all the audio commentary would be all words and pieces from things we've done before. Yep, that's the, that's that's going to be the project for our tenth year anniversary. I can tell right now. That would be interesting. The question is: Is will it be as interesting as this movie? Which I think we should go and find out. What we're going to do is pause here. Uh, John and I are going to go watch the movie. It's on Netflix, uh, so you can grab it there. Or if you have it in your personal collection, go ahead and get it there. And when we come back, we're talking Austin Powers. John, are you ready? I sure am. Yeah, baby. Groovy, baby. We are back. And we just got done watching Austin Powers. Uh, John, as we are wont to do, why don't we just get out of the way now how you felt about this movie? Do you really want to get that away right off the bat? Do you want to bring us the mood down? Oh, well, that, that answered that question. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely thought there were parts in this that were still funny to me, very amusing, and, and I chuckled along with them. And then there were other parts that... I very much just kind of did the equivalent of like a a shrug, but like in my face where it's kind of like, Meh. 
Like they just yeah, felt yeah, felt face shrug. I know I know the uh, yeah. I know the expression. So the the the, old, the good old face shrug, and sometimes, as you know, one might expect, the face shrug lasted for a solid like forty seconds to a minute and a half, because th- they did that thing that I think you might have referenced when we did the first part before we watched this, but where it just gets dragged out a bit, or where it's you know it's when it's a funny bit and it goes on that's okay but when it's just something that just falls flat and and i just at at best just kind of shrug my face in the general direction of mike myers uh that can be a bit awkward and painful when it lasts for a minute or or two yeah i mean and and there's there's a fair number of those that happen like i i think that this is very much from a, a franchise perspective uh one of those where you just sort of throw everything at the wall and see what sticks and you're not really you're not looking at quality so much as quantity and yeah you get stuff that's funny but you also get stuff that's not and it, it the, the stuff that's not ends up being kind of a detractor so you know yeah you, i mean you do get those shrug worthy moments and eventually like what are you left with as far as an an overall impression of the movie so i i get that but yeah so i'd say overall it was fine um i do kind of enjoy the the take on the genre the parody of the spy genre and how they went about it and and some of the ridiculousness is kind of fun and so, you know, the, the cutaway segments, you know, with the dance sequences and, you know, like things that are <laughs> are utterly pointless and, and just, you know, are ridiculous. I just had I enjoyed. And, and so um, and I find that there were some little lines here and there that made me laugh more. I appreciated more than like the big overcomplicated bits that like would drag on and were you know, we're supposed to be super clever and lots of innuendos and all these things. And it's like, meh, I'm just, I'm bored quickly and I just wanted to move on. Um, But I'd say I really overall, and I think this probably continues throughout the franchise, but I much prefer the comedy of of Dr. Evil as opposed to Austin Powers. Yeah. I I think I'm, I'm there with you. Like I, I would, I would certainly enjoy a, a more Dr. Evil centric movie than I would a more uh, Austin Powers centric movie. If you gave me a choice between the two, like uh, his I, interactions with Scott and his interactions with his henchmen and stuff like that. Like it's, it's a lot funnier to me than, you know, a, a semi rapey, uh, uh, you know, secret agent yeah and and you know as as henchman will ferrell <laughs> his brief but glorious uh <laughs> moment in the movie was very amusing to me um but yeah like I, th- I think there were some of the the lines that weren't fully developed that were just kind of fun and thrown in there that weren't the most amazing things in the world but just were i kind of wish the the movie was just a little more i can't even think of the the phrase but just eclectic maybe but just where they're they're just throwing out random things and instead of trying to set things up and then literally turning to the camera and winking like if it was just more like when when they're doing that the whole bit where dr evil is not aware of like how much money is a lot of money and like like just little little things like that i thought were funnier where he's talking to the the secret united nations um 
which had a funny and maybe offensive group of people in it but hey yes um, i noticed that too <laughs> like wow we're getting a lot of stereotypes in here even a cowboy yeah and a mikhail Baryshnikov, not mikhail Baryshnikov, gorbachev <laughs> <laughs> but yeah where he's like it's it's doctor evil i didn't spend six years in evil medical school to be called mister <laughs> you know and it was like <laughs> just the the little touches like that i i found to be um pretty awesome but <clears throat> let me clear my throat and do that quote again and, and the correct voice it's doc, sure. it's doctor evil i didn't spend six years in evil medical school to be called mister thank you very much that's spot on. That was a spot on Scottish accent. Yeah, and it's. I thought it was weird because you'd think they could have gotten the same actor to play Austin Powers and Doctor Evil, but they went and got Sean Connery, shaved off his hair, like did the whole thing, and had him play, put on all that makeup to look kind of like Mike Myers. And it's like mm-hmm. he could have just played two roles. Well, there is a Mike Myers only edition where he plays both parts. But oh, really? I, I think that the cuts that you and I watched were, uh, you know, Austin Powers played by Mike Myers, and then Doctor Evil played by Sean. Sean Connery. Connery, of course. Yeah. So I did find that a little bit odd. I mean, I didn't mind, and like I said, I, I really, I kind of leaned a little more towards uh, Doctor Evil in the movie, and and maybe that's just my bias because I just tend to like Sean Connery a little more than Mike Myers. So, hey, sue me. Well, he br- he he brings uh, a certain uh, gravitas yeah. to the role, I think. I think gravitas is the right word there. Uh and and really makes Doctor Evil believable and 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 simultaneously hateable and lovable. Um Sean Connery just has that 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 pull. Yeah, and, and speaking of pull, um, I, I do have to say that there were moments with with Austin that I enjoyed, and and the really easily set up, not original take that happens in the very beginning, and I still enjoyed it because I knew where it was going, and I, I loved it. Was when <laughs> they were like, "Okay, danger powers, here's your stuff." And he goes, "Danger." <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, it says your name here is Danger." He goes, "Oh no," and then the pause. Danger's my middle name. You know, like that. <laughs> so, Austin Danger's powers. I can't help it. I found that to be uh, amusing and all. But but w- what can we say about this movie other than just whether it was amusing or not? I mean, what are your overall feel of it now compared to uh, the past? So, I, I think that this time around... I mean, my first time watching this, I was, what, 15? So, like everything that's a, a a dick or a fart or a boob joke is hilarious to me at 15 this time around i found more humor in the sort of subversive stuff and like the the the, the kind of uh maybe even so, some of the more dated things like you talked about like dr evil saying oh yeah we're going to you know blackmail uh prince charles and you know say that he had an affair and force him to get divorced uh or you know pay us money and like that whole thing to me was was neat um the the sort of celebrity row at the cryo facility was neat to me like and having (laughs) gary coleman and vanilla ice uh 
especially when only one of them is still alive, was was almost sort of surreal to me. Uh, I liked, I, to be honest, the beginning of this movie, I think, is probably where most of my enjoyment comes from. Because you have like that whole hard day's night thing with the... Uh, uh, who was that? Quincy Jones composing that uh, that opening bit uh, where they're running through the streets of London and dancing and stuff oh, like sure. that. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, uh, feel free, audience, to correct me if I'm wrong on the Quincy Jones thing. But and like all the 007 stuff, I thought was was funny. Like the the sort of callbacks and the parodies of that kind of thing like uh, random task instead of odd job and a lot of fachina instead of uh pussy galore like stuff like that i thought was just fun and funny at the same time and like the Um, whole like not watching him being killed (laughs) like right that too like oh no no i'm just gonna close the door and i'll assume (laughs) that he was that, that, that they die and it'll be fine what one thing in particular to me I think was was fun and probably for you too just because we both used to live there was the old Vegas stuff like seeing like the Stardust and uh, you know some of those older hotels that aren't there anymore and even some of the older hotels that are still there and, and probably are on their their way out uh, seeing stuff like that to me was was cool. It just reminds me how quickly things change um, because. When when was the this movie actually set? Was it? It was set in the. I was set. It was set in ninety seven or yeah ninety seven because so right around the time it came uh, out. Yeah, pretty much. Just because I mean, a lot of what they showed was a little more classic Vegas from even, you know, the the strip areas and things that were probably really big in in the. 80s and in the later 90s as they you know you start to evolve into what's more the modern strip but then i was thinking about it i'm like wait so that but that actually was like probably filmed about 24 25 years ago and then i started to realize no that that was more modern then and it's just is another testament to how quickly vegas evolves and you knock down all these you know big iconic casinos and build new ones up within a year's time and it just changes Mm -hmm. the the architectural landscape so quickly so but yeah that's i think there's certain towns and i've lived in a lot of places and and certain ones that bring certain a flair of fun or interest when it's some place that i'm really connected to and i think probably at this point vegas and san francisco are the two cities that like even though i spent more time around chicago it's it wasn't, you know, that's when I was younger. So in more recent years, having a lot more of a connection to some of the cities like that, it, it's fun to see them used throughout like they uh, did here for Austin Powers. Um, <laughs> now, I do I also enjoy, as you hinted at a bit earlier with Dr. Evil and his son, the, the, the just that the dynamic between them of... of yes. Scott just wanting, you know, not sure what, what he wants and just finding out who his dad is and that introduction. And Dr. Reed being like, how about a hug? <laughs> Get away from me, you lazy-eyed psycho. Yeah. And, and like, just the, well, what do you want to do? Ah, I was thinking, I, I like animals. Maybe I'd be a vet. Oh, you mean, like, an evil vet? <laughs> <laughs> you always do that. And so... 
there are like which that whole therapy scene by the way was great and carrie fisher as the therapist i thought was was wonderful yeah that's uh, again we kind of for me a lot of the movie it's like what works works and what doesn't doesn't and so some of the reoccurring elements that connect with me and i find amusing when they keep rehashing or playing with it i like it because it 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 works on certain levels and then other ones that are you know some of his like iconic quotable lines and things it just doesn't land with me and and just some of the the different feel and atmosphere of the characters just like i just can't really get connected to this but um but yeah i think it was a i'd say as an overall it was perfectly okay watching experience but I didn't come into this with like the sense of, Oh, this is my favorite movie ever. It was kind of, I was uncertain. Um, but yeah, then it's, that didn't feel like a waste of time or like it was bad or anything. Like we've, we've had that experience with several of the movies watched where I come in just being like, Oh, that was just worthless. <laughs> um, but it did make me think um, one, again, one of the favorite things being that doctor and Scott evil relationship just about, uh, like humorous father-son relationships in movies. And I don't know if you might take a second to, to ruminate upon this, but I'm trying to think of other examples. Like there's a lot that are not necessarily played up as much f- for humor. And there's even some like real life acting duos that I enjoyed. But um, and, and then you have even like uh, Wes Anderson styled movies with a lot of family dysfunction that's funny but not like in a purposeful it's more like funny because of the awkwardness and the the comedy inherent but do you have any father-son type duos within comedy films that that you know just kind of make you laugh when you think about them i'm trying to think of like a strong father-son duo because like you could you know you could bring up like uh movies like stepbrothers where there's there's a father-son dynamic happening but that's not really like that's not really what i would say i would be going for maybe like uh maybe george and marty mcfly in the back to the future uh uh franchise hmm. Uh, particularly in the first one because that's probably where you i guess that's where you see the most interaction between the two of them uh, but uh, the uh, that one I think is unique because most of the time you're when you're seeing this father and son duo they're the same age because Marty is obviously back in the past where George is a teenager again so you you have this sort of interaction that goes on between Marty and George that one of them is in the know and one of them isn't and they have to kind of dance around that. That I think is is enjoyable. Like it, it's strange to me because I feel like there'd be more opportunity in that kind of dynamic to have that kind of connection or chemistry within a, a movie script. Maybe I should just stop talking and start writing um, to take advantage of such things. <laughs> but but yeah, because I I just I mean really just thinking about it, just in terms of comedy. I'm just not thinking of a lot of uh, instances where you get that fun kind of... I'm sure I'm forgetting some stuff. Um, this, again, is going to be one of those times where we need our listeners to, to chime in and, and hop on Facebook after we you know release this and they can say, you, you idiots, you didn't, you didn't think of these like 10 great movies or whatever. But yeah, I just 
thought it was an interesting thing to think about. No, it is. And I mean, I, I could probably rattle off a handful of others. Like one other that comes to mind, I don't know if you've seen Knocked Up uh, with uh, Seth Rogen and Katherine Heigl, but the, the, it's, it's, a, it's one scene where Seth Rogen's dad, played by Harold Ramis, uh, is having lunch with him in like a, a, a cafe or, or whatever. And like the two of them talking is it, it's a it's a neat scene and it's enjoyable and comedic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I again, I'm racking my brain, but I keep coming back to non-comedy instances. So I, I think we can get off of this dead horse. <laughs> cool. They can't all be winners. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I give up. <laughs> This is too hard. It's so hard making a podcast. I wanted to get your take on this because I, I liked this scene. Um, and, and maybe not the entire execution of the scene, but the uh, probably the, the deeper meaning behind it or, or the, uh, the the intent behind it. The, uh, the scene when uh, Vanessa, like, you know, tells Austin off and, and shuts the door and closes the curtains and then he goes out and he picks up all this you know modern 90s stuff and is trying it out and is like you know he, he goes to the bar and he's you know, having a drink and he does the peace sign and everybody's laughing at him and that whole sequence i thought was was uh was interesting it was it was pretty well done in my opinion uh but it was nice to see like how he uh started to kind of accept what the future was versus what his what what felt like the present to him which was you know still the the swing in 60s uh you know the getting the reebok pump and the you know <laughs> various 90s they trying to play the the cd on the record player like who who i'm a i'm a dumb 60s guy and i don't know what a 60 you know what a what a, a cd is and then going you know going through the list of famous legendary people now but people who back then were, were very famous like Jimi hendrix and janice joplin and mama cass and you know how they died and the, the funny bit you know mama cass ham sandwich <laughs> and i do have to give some credit for for delivery on that because that again is one of those things like okay i see where it's coming i know where it's going like and then there's just a touch of presentation that makes it kind of humorous to me <laughs> but it's just like okay yeah so this is really funny there are a lot of people who who died in the last 30 years <laughs> and he doesn't know it uh but um yeah so i i'm fighting i'm fighting the good fight i'm trying to find some some positive <laughs> here try not to just you know fight against the uh the overwhelming current of mike myers non-love that I seem to have in my system somewhere. Like, I don't know where this all this came from. I used to, I used to love movies like So I Married an Axe Murderer and and the first Shrek movie and like all these things. Like, there was lots of good stuff out there. That, and I don't. I mean, those are two movies that I haven't seen forever. So who knows if we'll move on to our third Mike Myers movie at some point here? But like, well, we um, we absolutely. I'm I'm making the call now. We will do So I Married an Axe Murderer. That is happening. I, I'm calling it now. Because I love that movie, and I do want to do it. I mean, that might be, in my head, the perfect Mike Myers movie. 
Um, if we, not that on this podcast we ever get off topic and switch up what we're talking about here and talk about never, people, not once. It's never people, happened. Ever. Why would we start now? People who start in the movies and then what are, what have they done lately? Who, who are they? You know, what's going on with that Mike Myers guy? But I, I do have to say that anytime that you can have someone, uh, you know, playing, there's a good father, son. There you go. That's what I had to do. I just had to go to a different. Oh, Mike, there you go. Different Mike, Mike Myers, Myers movie. and Mike Myers. Yeah, or or Sean Connery. I don't know if that's who plays his dad. And I'll have to watch that again because it, it. I actually now that I think about it, shot. it. Yeah, it probably is Sean Connery. Because huge punch. No. Yeah. That. Oh. Oh, that's funny. Was that a Sean Connery impersonation? You got to leave it to the experts. Yeah. Let, how me, let do? me. Let me. Let me. <clears throat> Here we go. Heard. Punch. Now. That See? Was, God. Chills. I got chills. Yeah, I have goosebumps chills. right now. I'm going to have chills for goosebumps and all of those things and uh, camel wickets. Um, you know, all the normal things people get when you do a really good impression. Yep. <laughs> Remember back when we hit our peak at the 52 episode mark? <laughs> <laughs> it's all downhill from here. That was awesome. I remember. I remember that. You know, one other thing that I I enjoyed about this movie, and not Mike Myers related, is Elizabeth Hurley. Um, this is probably one of the first things that I even saw her in, and like I've I've loved her ever since. Like she's she's amazing to me as far as you know the uh, many of the roles that she's played, but. Even in this movie where it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of a dumb comedy and, you know, it's, kinda? it's filled with, with, all right, relax. All right. <laughs> just, okay. All right, John. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> she, you know, she played her role appropriately and I thought that she was enjoyable and, and fun to watch. So, I'm trying to think here. Uh, I'm I'm like I'm thinking of Bedazzled, <laughs> um, with with what's his face, <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Um, I'm I'm like blanking on anything else that she's done. So you said that like well, you became a fan of hers, and you, like what what else has she done that you've so, enjoyed? First of all, I I liked Bedazzled. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, I enjoyed that movie. Thanks for calling me out, you son of a bitch. It's not hard to find such tidbits. She was in she was in Passenger Fifty Seven. That was good. She was actually she was in a movie just before Austin Powers came out called Dangerous Ground with Ice Cube. Uh, it takes place in South Africa, and it's a it's a good movie. Like it's hmm. actually a, a a very it's a serious role. It's a serious movie. Like it's not a, a comedy or anything like that. Um, I do want to I want to point out real quick that you you went directly from saying how how much Bedazzled is one of your favorite movies ever made, going right. I did into, not say it was one of my favorite movies ever made. Well, I said I enjoyed Bedazzled. You're putting words in my mouth. We can rewind the tape anyway. Um, 
you went right from that to saying Dangerous Ground was actually a pretty good movie. It sounded like you were less excited about Dangerous Ground than Bedazzled. So that automatically makes me want to just never watch it. Okay. So Ed TV. They're very different movies. She's in a TV. Um, she was in Ed TVs, yes. No, Dangerous Ground was good. It was Ice Cube, Ving Rames. Uh it's actually a, a very very well done movie. Well, what's your uh, yeah. favorite? What's your favorite movie with Ice Cube, though? We could do this all day, Kevin Bacon. <sighs> See, that's all right. Now I gotta dig. I, have, I don't think you have to there's... dig. I think you know. I think you know. I think you know the answer. I think it's. I, it's Friday. I, I think it's. Oh fuck, man. Yeah, I think it is Friday. Wrong. The answer is Twenty One Jump Street. God, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, was just, I was just trying to trap you, that's all. Yeah, man, is it, though? It could be Boys in the Hood. Oh, no, we're, we're idiots. It's Anaconda. Okay, we solved that. Oh, God, Anaconda's <laughs> fucking hot, hot garbage. It's it's ridiculous. I agree. It is one of those movies only Anthony would like. I mean, what? He's he's got He's got some good stuff under his wing, though. You got Barbershop was funny. Three Kings was great. You know what I think Three sometimes? Kings is an excellent movie. Sometimes I'm watching a movie and I'm thinking, you know what I want to see in the sequel to this movie? I want to see him get rid of Vin Diesel and bring in Ice Cube because this 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 Triple X the movie named Triple X, you know, what we need is some extreme sports secret agent spy and who's going to play that role better than Vin Diesel or anyone else? Ice Cube, I totally buy it. Uh, I don't see that happening. He was in that movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was in the second one. Yes, I was. Was Vin Diesel in the second one? No, Vin Diesel was just in the first one, I think. Okay, and maybe so the third one. There's a third one. I think there's a third one. Oi! I gotta look that up. Um, oh, the return of Xander Cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Wow, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of great movies out there. You know, one part that we haven't really talked about with Austin Powers, the movie that we watched this week. Oh yeah, we're back on that. Huh? It's trying to get us away. Was the the crossover with uh, Pistachio Disguise coming in there? I wish I I wish I knew what you were talking about. Not from... not no no not. Not that I need you to explain to me who Pistachio Disguise is, because of course I know who Pistachio Disguise is. But I want to know about this this crossover. When did this happen? Did I miss something? Did I fall asleep? What happened? Did we just... watch different cuts of the movie? I just watched this about like an hour and forty five minutes ago. How did I miss this? Because it is very brief. It was only he was only on screen for maybe a few seconds, but he was one of Doctor Evil's henchmen in disguise mm, still not yeah no the uh the turtle he was the turtle there was a was turtle in austin powers tur- tur- turtle mick turtleman i i'm i'm so confused I, I wish this was just a role that i was playing for the podcast but how did i not <laughs> was it dana carvey of course it was dana carvey Ha, Who else was, could play was, Pistachio Disguising? That was a trick question. It was Sean Connery. 
No, I really, I've just, it's stunning to me that I didn't pick up on that. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I, I need to question my life a lot more because I, that's, that really is one of those movies. Again, not talking about Austin Powers. We could do that anytime, but let's talk in this Austin Powers podcast more about Master of Disguise um, as it is one of those movies that's kind of horrible and yet I still find it charming and, and kind of fun so this is the part where I get to tell you that I've never actually watched it so did you just read this on IMDB or are you just making fun I did of... yes I just I just okay. pulled up like because I, I know of the movie and I know of Dana Carvey's starring role in it and it's one of those that I've meant to watch for a long, long time, if for no other reason than to see why it only got 3.3 out of 10 on IMDb and, you know, why everyone shits all over it. It really uh, is. I mean, again, I think we should spend some more time here on Master of Disguise because we're never going to watch it as part of this podcast or I will eat my leg. Um, but it really it's instead of instead of it saying it's a good movie or even enjoyable movie, uh, it is made by Revolution Studios, the production company, same company that made the sequel to Triple X State of the Union with Ice Cube. Um, oh, my I, God. Is that true? I, I don't know how I know this, but it is true. Um, but... <laughs> And that is a, a, a real true thing. But really, it's it's just a few of the ridiculous moments that are just so fun in their horribleness that it's not the same kind of awkward as Austin Powers when those go awkward. This is just more of a... This, this shouldn't even be on a Saturday Night Live skit, let alone in a movie, and yet here it is. And um, it's probably... I'm not going to say the worst movie I've ever seen, because I've seen a lot, 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 lots worse movies, but it's one of these rare movies that are bad enough that I can just get past the badness, and I can just enjoy some of the other stupidity going on. I mean, come on, his name is Pistachio Disguisey. Like, come on, that's, oh, that's, yeah. I mean, that, that's gotta... That, that's the laziest... I mean, he... You, you might as well, you might as well have called him, called him, like, masked costume and... <laughs> that's a pretty good one, too. <laughs> but it's it's got data in it from Star Trek and 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 you know he wears disguises like looking like a turtle man as well as disguising himself to be Boderic. You know, I mean, how can you not like these things? Um, I'm just running out of th- good things about Austin Powers to say here. So anyway, uh, Pistachio. Uh, for, actually, wait, his name wasn't Pistachio, was it? It was or Fabrizio. Wait, well, so hold on, because. If if I look at IMDb, it says that Dana Carvey's name was Pistachio Disguise. Fabrizio was James Brolin. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's you know, pass on the name, of course. Uh, it's just it's more of a title than anything, really. Um, <laughs> and so, but it's like, it's, it's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. It, it's exactly like that. Um, which, again, brings us to the point of this week's podcast, which is, how have we not done The Princess Bride yet? That is true. That, that That's a very excellent question. 
That's the first that movie we... that really got me loving Sean Connery. <laughs> in, in his role as Wesley? Listen, I'm not going to get into this now, but I have to tell you, I've been practicing since 1987 my Sean Connery impersonation wrapped within The Princess Bride. And when I get to that scene about Iocane Powder, you're going to lose your mind. <laughs> Oh man. Uh I had a question and then I lost it. <laughs> Wait, did you lose it during Triple X State of the Union? Master of Disguise, uh, I think, Princess I, Bride. I think it lost it somewhere around, <laughs> around Master of Disguise, I think. Okay, cuz I wasn't sure if you remembered that we were talking about uh what was the movie Austin something? Austin City Limits. Yeah, uh, Austin, yep. Austin St. John. The the biography of the Power Ranger. Was it about whether or not I knew of any poisons that had no odor or taste and dissolved instantly when poured into liquid? One of the deadliest poisons known to man. Was I, that the I question? I really, I need you to save that. I need you to, to 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 really just hone that that impression for when we finally do do. Well, the, there's the no Princess honing. Bride. It's perfect and it's present and it's ready. And if if our fandom doesn't rise up or like against any, us, like, like any muscle, you have to exercise it appropriately and, and keep it keep how it toned not, for. How do you not understand what my daily life is? How do you not at this point get the fact that this is something I practice every single morning and evening before I go to bed? I don't understand how that doesn't just isn't a natural conclusion in your head. That's. Man, I can't argue. I can't argue so, with you on this. Yeah. Um, which was almost a quote from Joe vs. Volcano to bring it back to the original movie we were talking about here today. <laughs> Is it? Didn't you have a question? You promised a question to get us out of this hole. <sighs> Shit. So I can't remember what the question was, so I will just ask, how excited are you that next week we're going to do Austin Powers 2? I'm pretty excited about the fact that this isn't going to happen. And that, <laughs> I mean, I, I can tell you this much. I'm totally 100% on board with the idea of watching Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me next week. And if we do that, I promise you, you will get about 30 to 48 minutes of me not talking one bit about that movie, but referencing every other movie I can imagine and not discussing that movie with you so it's your choice you know what it depends on what what kind of ad libbing you want to hear i can i can well, do nonsense non-stop i think on that note uh we're gonna <laughs> forego any other question and i'm just gonna say that's our show everyone thank you so much for listening to us each and every week as we distill another favorite from our past, we release new episodes every Monday, so come and hang out with us and watch movies that we grew up watching. Uh, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Stitcher and Podbean and Spotify and Anchor.fm and all those other streaming services for podcasts, because they're not streaming services. You do have to download the episodes. I don't know why I said streaming services. I've said it three times now. Well, that's actually, you, you can watch it without, or listen without downloading. If you just hit play on Spotify, it'll just stream it as it's going. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I don't recommend thanks for that. Sa- th- thanks for saving me on that one. 
I just wanted to point out to our audience that sometimes Anthony will get off track a little bit, and and I got to bring him back in line. It's it's because I drink. Speaking of drinking, the music in our podcast comes from the song "Destroying <laughs> the Evidence" by Semaphore. Many of a you may segue. ask. Many of you have asked me, "What's that music for?" And I say, "It's by Semaphore." <laughs> <laughs> Many, <laughs> many. Okay, of you all have asked all that. of you are gonna backtrack this thirty seconds now to understand why I was laughing so hard. You're gonna get it, and it's gonna be hilarious. It won't. Um, but the beauty of that is that we also welcome your criticism as well as your congratulation speeches that you direct in our way when you're just so enthralled by the wondrous things that we've done. So why don't you email us at thememorydistillery at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us ideas for movies that we should do. And if you, listen, I can promise you right now, if you get to our Facebook page and get into a heated debate about whether we should do Austin Powers 2 or The Princess Bride, that we're going to take that seriously so your input matters. Um, we also, you know, we're on Instagram, Twitter, uh, at TMD pod, we're, we're kind of all over the place. So we really want you to interact and get it get in, get your piece of the pistachio as, as the kids say, um, <laughs> and really, really give us the, the what for. So we know what the people want and it's not master of disguise. I'll save that all for you right now. And it's definitely not that one movie Anthony said he loves bedazzled. Um, it's go fuck and on that and on that note of absolute truth and honesty, we sign out this week's podcast with a sweet dedication to Dana Carvey. Thank you for listening. I'm John Deck. And I'm Anthony Veneri, and this has been the Memory Distillery. Stay, Stay groovy, groovy, baby. baby. <laughs> it's Vanessa, not baby. Sorry. puts Vanessa in a corner.